PlayStation. Oh, yes, and welcome back to another episode of the Sheep Station Cup Dynasty Podcast, joined by my usual suspects, guest for life. How are you, mate? Yes, I'm so happy that you um, got it as guest for life. That was, that was what I was going for. I even changed my Twitter handle to FF Guest. So, yeah, guest for life. I'm great. <laughs> Good stuff, mate. And Pointer sixty nine, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. We're we're here. One week to go. Like, not even. Not even a week. Like this weekend, we'll have some what, football. Three days. Three days to go, mate. Get excited. I am Ooh. excited. Big Kev excited. Big oh, juice. <laughs> <laughs> I was very excited. <laughs> yeah, three days until the uh, first matchup in the NFL: Chiefs versus Texans. Cracking way to start the season, huh? Yeah, it should be a good game. With uh, hopefully good minimal shit. defense. <laughs> Yeah, let's hope so, eh? Let's hope so. I think there's going to be points aplenty. Two uh, very high-paid quarterbacks going against each other. It's going to be mm. fun to watch. Good good way to start, I reckon. And then all of the stuff on for us Monday. Oh, God, it's a good time to be alive, eh? Came quick, I must say. Yeah, it sort of snuck up on me a bit. Yeah, and all these bloody leagues that we're in, there's a thousand moves being made. Talk about some news, talk about some Survivor. We'll talk about some other shit today. What do you reckon? Gets cracking into this news and plenty of it. Cuts all happened. IR people, trades, contract extensions. Must be the start of the year, hey? Yeah, it must be roster cut down day or something. You'd think so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get cracking, hey? Uh, some noticeable, noticeable cuts. Um, no order here. I just kind of went off uh, team by team, I guess, and started the day and... Work down to Z, so Z. There is no team in Z. Anyway, so let's start it off, hey. Josh Rosen cut by the Miami Dolphins. Signed to the Bucks practice squad. All those Josh Rosen truthers out there. I'm, I'm sure there's plenty. Petey still left out there. Do you think Petey's dead? <laughs> is Petey dead? Do you think there is? No. No. Yeah. That's what I was like. I was just a bit shocked by the. Truthers, still. <laughs> I mean, like, if there's anything to to play Sticky Gary, you could make a story that he might get out of it. It's probably the Bucks, right? Go sit behind Tom Brady, you know, get experience from the the goat, you know, and the quarterback whisperer Bruce Arians, and maybe resurrect his career. But I think the fact he's on the uh, practice squad is probably a bit too far behind for him to really get any benefit. Yeah, I think he's done and done and dusted. What do you reckon? It's pretty unlikely that he's going to come from a practice squad to relevance now. It's pretty, yeah, obviously pretty telling. not uh, not what he was hyped to be. Remember that time he said that all those teams that uh, passed on him are going to cry like little bitches or something? Now he's the one crying like a little. I think the thing is, like, he, they invested so, like, no one's going to invest in a quarterback like that. Maybe you get a chance for... He needs like two guys to go down injured before they he's an emergency throwing quarterback. Then that's his chance to prove it. Like no other team's going to be like, oh, we'll give this shot a go. They'll just like kick the tires on him on the practice squad, and probably this is the last chance before you know. See you later. You're out of the league, right? You're in the CFL. Or something there's, and there'd like be too many. There's too many new fucking things coming out of the college. The teams are going to be like, well, we're going to put a we're going to put our future in a, in a quarterback from there, not a guy that's been washed up by three yep. teams, right? I definitely agree. So, yeah, look, it seems to be close to the end of the line for him. All right, let's get moving on because, you know, no one cares about Josh Rosen. Uh, Mohamed Sanu. This was a bit of a strange one to me. I thought, um, you know, 
paid a second round pick for him. He was cut from the Pats. You see this is a bit of out of the left field here, Pete, or? Oh, I mean, it sort of makes sense. if he, he didn't really perform much when he moved to the Pats, did he? So they cut their losses and move on from him, I think. Um, yeah, I, I think it's sort of, it's a bit telling, like that there was a few younger guys in camp that like played him out of position, like played him out of a roster spot. Mm. So I don't know, could be thin picking some armor to do now, but I guess there's not that many wide receivers on the waiver wire of his level that you know that are, that are out there waiting, mm. not with contracts, right? So he should find somewhere to get somewhere. Get I think. Yeah, I was a bit surprised by this. I mean. Um... I was pick, kind of picking him up late in like best balls or um, you know just redraft stuff that we've been doing just because you know you think his experience and you know play him out of the slot I guess but I suppose Edelman's already there um, yeah I just thought they I don't think I've heard anything decent about heaps of their receivers so I thought oh Sanu's a safe kind of guy they paid a second round pick for him they'll just hang him around but obviously not and see you later champ yeah it just sort of shows what Atlanta can do for a team I guess because obviously. He was pretty great there, and then left, and he just vanished off the place, face of the earth. So oh, goes to a Belichick coach offense. Maybe he's not that good, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah. And speaking speaking of the Pats, they also cut Lamar Miller. He's gone. Their running back depth's a bit uh, a bit shaky. Damien Harris also placed on COVID slash IR. Um, JJ Taylor was cut as well, but then they resigned him. <laughs> so good on them. <laughs> yeah, he's a um, big name in the uh, NFL community, JJ you know Taylor. Yeah, People have raced to the waiver wire to go get him, though. <laughs> Never even heard of him. Never heard of her? <laughs> I mean, the thing is, right, what what do you expect to get from a Pats running back, right? There's some waiver... Like, everyone thinks that a, a guy off waivers they can get is going to be, like, you know, the next Austin Eckler or a guy that's value suddenly improves. But who has any faith to go and say, oh, yeah, I'll trade for that, or oh, you got to keep him yourself and... Is he mm. going to be the guy, really? Like, I just think that's a player that you just let someone else waste their time on um, and move away from a, like, you know, a random Patriots running back on the waiver wire. Like, I think uh, it's just not, not very. Like, it's it's interesting news, but it's not very fantasy relevant. I don't think, or anything that's going to be long term, especially dynasty. Mm. Well, do you think this is a bit of an uptick for like a guy like Michelle, who's kind of stuck around or do you think it's like a James White Rex Burkhead tick up or I think it fits with, with all three of those that are, that are stay around they've got they use a deep backfield right they'll give all three a go I think probably ended up being Lamar Miller wasn't really ready to roll so they just said yeah we're going to go with someone that's a bit more match fit to start the season uh, see you later mate yep fair enough I think Michelle was a pretty good ad in back end of drafts I was kind of adding him everywhere kind of like ninth, 10th round I think that's kind of might actually have some pretty solid value there. So pretty yeah, happy with that. One, he should be pretty good. I yeah, think. send him, I reckon. Yeah, start him up. Yeah, too right. Uh, this one was pretty funny, actually. Lamar Jackson was cut. He's the cornerback for the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> Two Lamar Jacksons made me giggle. <laughs> I was like, Lamar Jackson, what? Anyways, but yeah, just made me have a bit of a laugh. And then uh, this was a sad day for old Seamoz. If I had some sad music here, I'd play it. But uh, Dion Kane. Cut by the Steelers. Signed to their practice squad. Not a good look for him, I guess. But uh, what do you do? Live and, live and learn. Um, Theo Riddick. Also cut by the Raiders. I suppose they maybe have a little bit of faith in uh, Josh Jacobs to catch a pass this year. 
You reckon they just um, picked up all these pass catching backs just to piss off fantasy players? Just to like, <laughs> oh, you know, make this hype that he can't catch pass. So they're not they're not confident in him. And then right before the season, they cut them all. And oh shit, we should have picked Jacobs in the first. Like John Gruden's in like a thousand dynasty <laughs> leagues, and he's just like, yeah, Josh Jacobs fell to me. <laughs> yeah, got him in the second. Yeah. You know what? Wouldn't bloody surprise me. Just playing mind games like Matt Nagy. You know, no idea who his quarterback is. He's just going, oh, you know, we'll we'll add 17 pass-catching running backs. All the teams will think Josh Jacobs not going to pass catches, catch, catch passes. <laughs> How does one pass catches? You know, you just throw a pass and someone catches it. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then all of a sudden he comes out on the first play of the game. Josh Jacobs scores a passing touchdown. That's, uh, yeah, that's my call. Righto. Lock it in. Probably better passer than the player just passing the ball anyway. <laughs> Good old Derek. Poor guy. But yeah, look, uh, yeah, it was always a push that he was going to make the roster. Old Theo Riddick, they've got plenty of numbers there. Jalen Michard's always going to be the pass catcher there. So, yep, job done for him. He can go and find another team. Actually, don't know. I think he might have signed with someone's practice squad or some shit like that, but I can't remember. I'll look it up, someone, Phil. Good chat. Yeah, Phil who? Do you want to talk about? Uh, Phil McCracken. Uh, Phil McCracken. Yeah, he, um, you know, his stock really, you know, went to the shit this week. Um, after he got uh, <laughs> dropped by the... <laughs> I get this. Dropped? Yeah. Um, Something out of your crack gets yeah, dropped. Yeah, he, he got dropped into the, the lap of the Cleveland Browns. Um, oh, jeez. <laughs> in the toilet bowl. I actually don't know if he signed for anyone, so there you go. What do you do? Oh, well. Uh, next one was quite interesting. Hakeem Butler, for me. I thought it was pretty interesting anyway. He got the old C-U-T. No? Yeah, they, they couldn't have too many wide receivers on their roster, could they? Like, Yeah, it's strange, though. They kept guys that I really didn't think they would. Um, like who? Give us the name of someone that we don't know. Uh, Trent Sherfield? Yeah, never heard of her. Yeah, and then they dropped Hakeem Butler. So, pretty interesting for me. I mean, it must be it must be big because they, if they thought they could get something out of him... I mean, why they get rid of him? Maybe it's just a, he's he can't get up to the speed of the game they wanted to play. Or I guess he was sort Could of a, as a rookie, people were a bit worried about his um his pro readiness in inverted commas, and he he kind of is he's got all the physical tools, but doesn't really do a lot of things real well. And maybe once he came to NFL defenders, he was just really struggling with it. Yeah, there was the injury a, a, probably didn't help. So yeah, yeah, a bit of a chat about him having a bit of a drop problem too, which doesn't help. But hmm. uh, what do you do? I guess he was a bit of a promising kind of guy. They didn't even sign him to the practice squad either, so it's a bit of a telling sign. They signed some other nuffies to the practice squad, which was, you know, interesting. But no, Hakeem Butler. So see you later, champion. You know what? Someone will pick him up and turn him into a superstar. Wouldn't be surprised if Pat's pick him up or something like that, just to shit us or shit me at least. Um, but anyway. Moving on. Pats will probably add every single wide receiver that's been cut, including um, Mohamed Sanu. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Sounds about Patriots' way. All right. uh, A young player here cut, uh, Adrian Peterson. Cut Mm. by the the football teams and signs with the the Lions. What do you think about this one, Ewers? Obviously showing that... um... Swift is a bit, um, yeah, the dog's throwing a tantrum, so I put him in his crate because he was biting me too much. Um, yeah, obviously showing that they, um, they're a bit worried about Swift and they needed something to, to get them underway at the start of the season. Um, 
it's really coaching for his job there, Patricia. So um, he needs someone that can come in and <clears throat> be impactful right away. Mm. So I think I do expect Adrian Peterson to get some work, even like right off the bat, even with such a very short time to get up to speed. He knows what he's doing, run the ball forward. It's not hard. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how long it takes Swift to come through, who can stay healthy out of the two of them. and Yeah, but I think that we're going to see a fair bit of work for Adrian Peterson. Petey, anything you took from this one? I don't know. I think like when Chris said that, um, you know, he's got his job on the line. I mean, you really want to go and shoot for Adrian Peterson as you're... You know, you're saving grace. But I think, um, I don't know, maybe it could be the thing that just gives those running backs a bit more of a, a leadership in that locker room to say, look, this is like a seasoned pro that knows what he's doing. He, maybe he can be the like a sort of mini coach on the field for them to get the job done. But, um, I mean, he's only he's not going to a team to be the guy. He's going there to be probably really a depth piece. And I guess, um, I guess yeah, maybe the, they are a team that is a bit unsure at, running back and could use I mean his wisdom there I guess more than potentially what he can do on the field what he can do off the field for him yeah it's telling to me to see them sign someone so ancient when you've got you know this brand new shining running back that everyone's talking up I suppose the injury concerns probably an issue but yeah Peterson last year he had 211 attempts almost 900 yards pretty bloody solid for a guy who's 407 so I mean, he's not going to go there and sit down. I, mean, I yeah. think they're going to give him some work in the first couple of weeks. So, yeah, I agree with what you said. You were said there before, but um, yeah, all right. Let's talk about Fournette. We spoke about him a little bit last week, but he's actually signed with the team now. I don't think he signed with the Bucks before the time we spoke about him. So, what do we think about uh, about this Bucks signing here? I mean, they've signed pretty much everybody at the moment, <laughs> trying to make the super team. Yeah, it looks like it. Um, I think Fournette, like he's a good player. Um, he was drafted higher for a reason. I think a lot of people who are saying... I've, I've heard people say Rojo's a better talent than Fournette. Like, get out of here. That's rubbish. Um, people who are saying that are just forgetting like just how bad the Jags have been in the last couple of years and then just really just attributing last year to what Fournette is. When Fournette came out, I just remember him just like just pounding through players, just absolutely destroying them, running over them, cutting through a hole and just taking off and scoring a full length of the field touchdown he's a he's a dangerous player and if he gets a opportunity he's gonna i think he's gonna take hold and he's gonna take over from the other two um it is interesting probably rojo will get the work early on but yeah it's only a matter of time for me pd anything you thought about this one mate i mean yeah i think i'm not like it's really not as good for Lamar. I mean, for Fournette to have been the bell cow in Jacksonville, I think, on a team that probably didn't really have much else to go around. Going across to Tampa, perhaps he has the opportunity, like Chris said, to to be, get back to what he used to be in a, in a better team, in a with a better quarterback, and you know, better weapons around him. But there's probably that little bit more competition in um, Tampa than he had back at uh, Jacksonville, where he was like, you know, the only decent, you know running back there so he probably has the chance to you know compete and take uh the lead role from rojo but i think he has to actually go through that process of a bit of a competition to start with right so it will be interesting to see how they use i guess all three of these backs that they've they've sort of got there and um 
especially when they've got all the weapons and the wider savers around there. And I guess perhaps it comes down to like, you know, the Patriots often use the big bruising running back to get a couple of chunk plays and and yards and they they go through that sort of mentality of they pick the right running back to play them against the right team. If they need like a real ground and pound game, they they, they probably get some good value out of Fournette. Like they might have done back in the day with, Garrett Blunt, remember when he came on and he just scored mm. some touchdowns and just bulldozed people over and they'd run for like four yards every down and just move their way down the field. But I guess that's dependent on how they play and also probably would be something you'd expect more from a declining quarterback's, like Tom Brady's arm strength, um, to go to a strategy that's a bit more strong on the, on the ground. So I guess I don't think they just brought him in to test the wheels on him. They brought him in to think there's good value there and good opportunity for him to see snaps right it's just we're talking fantasy here there's a bit of competition in that backfield i think i would have i think his value for me has dropped leaving uh jacksonville yeah look it's um you can kind of write yourself a narrative here that he comes in and just takes over like last year you know had a massive year pass catching wasn't obviously very very efficient but he still caught 76 passes like that's a lot um, you know, he rushed for over 1,100 yards. He had 265 carries. Maybe his problem is that in his career, he's actually had 666 career carries. Maybe that's a bad bad omen for him. But um, I, I, I could easily see him coming in, maybe give it a couple of weeks. They try with Ronald Jones. He fails miserably. They've got LaShawn McCoy there. They've got Keyshawn Vaughn there. They're obviously not supremely happy with those two because they've gone and signed Leonard Fournette. So I can easily write this narrative that in, say, three or four weeks, Leonard Fournette just takes over and... You know, as much as everyone says, oh, they've got so many weapons, they're going to be, you know, doing this, doing that. If they're winning every game, why do they need to throw the ball 20, 30 times? They could just hand the ball to Leonard Fournette and just win games that way. So, tough, tough to see um, Ronald Jones holding off Fournette, to be honest. So, mm, I don't know. We'll see what happens, I guess, huh? Yeah, I guess it's interesting to say that. Like, I don't see them being a strong enough defensive team to be up by like they're gonna have to score a lot of points to be up and i think they're just gonna be they might be one of these teams that's like in a possession by possession battle and grinds it out at the end i think that's gonna be that this tampa bay team does a lot of um they might they might get up early and it depends puts that give them like a bit of relief for their defense and allow to play with the lead and we see them play better as a defense than with winston where they're always sort of behind but um i think they will have it to be a bit varied and a bit more unpredictable in how they they play week to week they won't always be Passing five touchdowns to the, mm. you know, the tight ends and the wide receivers, and then back to Grant. Like, what are they? What are they going to do? It's going to be a bit more, definitely unpredictable. Now they've got Fournette. True. Sure, right. It just kind of reiterates the fact that you're out on the Bucks running backs, eh? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. So some noticeable players that were placed on IR. We'll just keep going with this running back merry-go-round that you was just talking about pre. Pre-podcast, but uh, Damian Harris for the Pats placed on COVID, whatever it is, IR, whatever it is, the three-week boomerang return thingy. And then Reichwell Armstead, everyone's bloody raced out to get him on the friggin' waivers, and he's been placed on COVID. And apparently, he's not going to be playing for a considerable amount of time, going off a, an update I read just before. Anything to add there, Petey? Oh, I think it's probably a big hit for him to be out this time of the year when it's mm. got like... Three weeks time, they they could have a, a much more certain outlook on who their running back one is. Um, so I think for me, it's sort of a real knock on him. I think he lost his opportunity to to have a crack here. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, big big arrow down on Rockwell Armstead for 
for me, probably looking at that with James Robinson given the start week one. Yeah, according to the, now, so the that'll notes. Be, yeah. That'll be very interesting to see um, who how that plays really. out. But I think if he's got, like, the two of them have the opportunity now that if one of them goes out and absolutely shines, it's going to be hard to take it away from him. But, like, if you don't outperform, the other guy's going to get, maybe if you do you only rush for 60 yards, the next week the other guy might get, you know, the extra three touches that they've taken away from you. And if he does well in that, then he's only going to be fed more. They're going to go with the hot hand. Mm. Um, and who's running well so I think Chris Thompson's probably the one you want to still keep uh, in terms of value and reliability in that offense because I don't think I think it's going to be tough for them to <laughs> to give someone else the pass catching role over him where he's such a, a veteran at that so yeah it's uh, definitely a pick Chris Thompson and probably leave everyone else alone I reckon until they figure it out so probably a good call there I don't think he's nothing. I think he's going to get some carries. It'll be half and half. <laughs> Doggo's going crazy. Very amusing. Yeah, I think he could be a sneaky, you know, hero there. Play maybe like a, you know, what's that stuff that we play on bloody that other website? Daily Fantasy kind of thing. See what happens, I guess. See what the news brings in the next couple of weeks. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, uh, anyways, Marcus Mariota, he's been placed on IR, and now Nathan Peterman is once again to back up at the Raiders. Thought this was quite amusing that uh, Mariota still can't stay healthy and still sucks, apparently. Yep, okay, cool. Uh, Trey Burton also placed on IR. These are all just kind of like three week minimum IR spots. They've got a lot of these uh, IR re- designated to return spots these days. I think it's like unlimited this year because of COVID and all that shit. So, um, yeah, Trey Burton was another one that's uh, popped up. He's gone for three weeks minimum with his ankle or his foot or his lower leg injury. Um, so, yeah, just a couple of things to, to keep an eye what on. Do th- then... What do you think of him? Do you think he's, his career highlight's going to be that uh, the Philly special? 100%. Yeah. Job we done. Won't see, we won't see another, like, you know, perhaps good season from him or... Ah, uh, look, it's hard to see, um, especially the Colts. I don't know. Got a few people in front of him now, and injury doesn't help, and I don't know. It's. I, uh, it's I, I, I finally cut him the other day out of Chiefs yeah. one. So it's tough for a tight end. I think you have to come out and you know when he had that opportunity to go to the Bears, he had to really prove himself. And if he did, I had a good, had an okay season year one. He might have had a chance to mm. to be there, but you want to start getting shipped around. There's no reliability to put any money to. To keep you on a team, so I think yeah, this could be the start of start for the end for old Trey Boo Boo. Trey Boo Boo, he's been Trey Poo Boo. Anyways, uh, and then there was a sneaky trade that went through. Um, Lynn Bowden Jr. traded away from the Raiders um, with a sixth round pick to get Raekwon McMillan, linebacker, and a fifth round pick. What do you think about this when you saw this, Petey? I was surprised, as Ewers has officially dropped off. Apparently, he's been booted out of cars, so stuff him. Oh, he's gone, is he? Yeah. I'll see you, you, mate. He's giving up. Apparently his internet is turned into what you'd get in, say, a 1984 computer lab. Do you reckon the dog bit through the the landline, like the the Ethernet cable to the modem was on? Yeah, look, he deserved it. Yeah. (laughs) He sucks. He still hasn't won the league. Yeah, still has not won the league. <laughs> yeah, where, where were we at again? Um, uh, we're talking about this Lynn Bowden Jr. trade. Oh, yeah. This was interesting, hey? Like, yeah, it was. Yep. Um, what did they get back for him? They got uh, a linebacker, Rayquan McMillan, and a fifth, and they gave up Lynn Bowden Jr. in a sixth. Yeah. 
Uh, so it's a move from the fifth. And what, what was he? When was he drafted? Third. Third. Oof. Yeah. So he wasn't doing very good unless oh, this linebacker is good. Yeah, I think there's a few um, things that I've read here or there because I was really intrigued. I was like, why has this happened? Um, talking about a few character concerns and, and this kind of stuff. But then he's kind of like, oh, I've never missed a session or I've never been out of my house and all this stuff. So I don't really know who to believe here. But um, yeah, he's gone. Third round pick, gone. So bit of a surprise. I've got him in uh, in sheeps and I was like, hmm, I don't know what to think about this one. Apparently they're going to line him up with a receiver in Dolphins instead of running back like the Raiders had him down. So could be a thing with um, Albert Wilson gone as well this year, um, sitting out for COVID. He might be a guy that can sit in the slot and do some work there. That's my fingers crossed anyway. Any thoughts on that? Or I think he might be um, yeah, onto something because I think he's probably better off there. I think it, it's interesting that the, the telling thing for me is that the, the Raiders are normally pretty good. Like they, they've got like Mike Mayock there that mm. was previously like your draft analyst. They they take their they take guys that they want over I guess people that everyone else is saying are there. So you think they would have really liked um Lynn Bowden Jr. So the fact that they they're letting him go means I guess potentially they saw something in camp that wasn't really they weren't really happy with. So I'd probably lean more to the side that there's probably something to, to worry about with him and mm. Maybe the Dolphins might be able to do it differently and have a different, like you know, playing a wide receiver might have been the thing you didn't want to play running back or yeah, it could be he wasn't as uh, he's better playing in a position that he's better at and how they can use him. So, I mean, it's Ooh. still the same thing. You wait and see how they go. The Dolphins probably have a Did team with a room to to use him as well, right? I'm still here. Well, that's the thing. Like they're uh, wide receivers at the moment. But yeah, can I you think... can you pick them up? It's, it's Parker, Williams, and Grant. Oh, I think I'm well delayed now. <laughs> I think I think it's just a little bit of um, it's a bit more wait and see now. Before there was probably a bit more hype about him, and there's a bit of value, and now there's a bit of just a, a shadow of concern. So it's early days still. So I wouldn't be going and if you liked him, going and dropping him now. But I guess wait and see how he goes through a few weeks, and probably have to hold him. I guess at least three or four weeks to see whether he gets mm. acclimatized to the Dolphins' offense and things like that. So. It's a bit less. I think you were hoping for a bit more quicker expectation out of his role in yeah, Oakland, but now it's going to be definitely a lot harder to to be patient with him. I think owners right. like Greg would Ooh. be would be dropping very quickly yeah. or struggling to know what to do. Yeah, I feel you. All right, so let's let's keep talking. Uh, I don't know how delayed this is, but we'll see how it goes. Deshaun Watson contract extension. He got a four year, hundred and sixty million dollar redo contract. Um, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, you'd be really happy with that, wouldn't you? Like, I mean, it's, it puts the pressure on old mate Dak to oh, too right to get a get the old uh, sign up. So. He'd be thinking, oh, bloody old Mahomes is done now. Watson's done now. They're all making a killing. But in saying that, I suppose Watson hasn't really had a what a heaps positive win record, I guess. But you know, he showed a lot of promise and gone deep into playoffs here and there. But well deserved, I think. And um, yeah, we'll see the best of him in the next couple of years. But four years, hundred and sixty million—that's fair, fair whack, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty, pretty deserved. But I think it's also where it puts them in a very. They're in a very. The Texans are a team that I just. There's concerning how they're running their organization, but like a move like this is something that, even if you were a well-run organization, you're going to make right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just would like to really like to see the talent they get around him and not be, as a team, wasting his prime, um, not being able to support him with the best players or. 
consistency. Like if they're going to compete, with the, we compete with the Chiefs. Like they have to get some reliability in that offense behind him. Like the Chiefs mm. have a first round weapons galore. Back, you know, best tight end in the league, one of the best wide receivers in the league. You know, up and coming players everywhere else. And you look at the Texans, and they just traded away um, Hopkins. And now I guess it depends on how well David Johnson goes, but it's. Not as exciting as, I guess, a brand new rookie running back in the draft that has all the potential in a team that needs carries to to help Deshaun Watson. So, I yeah, mean, right. yeah, it's just that. Can, hopefully, they get it right, um, but then don't become a team in a rebuild with a you know prime prime quarterback. Like a quarterback in the prime of his career, yeah, is in the middle of a rebuild on a team. And you could almost say that there may be one or two moves away from either being a Jags or either being a Chiefs. Like, yeah, yeah it's. Uh, yeah, they're on a bit of a knife edge. The old I'd probably, I'd probably put how the, they're being run. So put them on the side of being like you know, a couple of moves away from going downhill. But mm. um, let's give them the credit to see how they go. And like they've still got some good players on defense. So even though they're aging, it might be interesting to see how how well they go this season, especially week one against the. It could be a pretty rude rude awakening to mm. uh, the Chiefs week one. So it's gonna be very interesting. Um, all right. Um, further quarterback news. Uh, a couple of uh, quarterbacks have actually been named starters. Cam Newton finally named the starter for the Pats, even though I think we all knew that was coming. And uh, Fitzmagic also named the week one starter for the Dolphins. So Tua got to sit for a week, maybe two or three. See if he can develop behind uh, Fitzmagic and you know just kind of get used to the game. What did you think about those two, Petey? We'll start with the Cam Newton one. I think that's probably, um, you know, as you said, expected. And it probably... It's going to be interesting week one to see what, like he's a player you really want to watch and see what's he going to do under under Bill. So, I mean, I think for me, I really hope he comes out and they they play Cam Newton football, not force him mm. into a into a different different mold and try and play something else. But I think there might be the opportunity to to really see some some good football from Cam Newton. That's what I'm I'm hoping for. But I think yeah, too, right. going into to the tour and Fitzmagic, I think this is. The more games Fitch Magic plays this year is going to be better for Tua, I think. Um, I let him have a, Let him have the full time to recover from his injury. Like, And I'm not saying him's not recovered now, but like that extra time to be like, yeah, look, I'm fully... I haven't done any excess or would get another knock that, you know, can like play around with him, like give him another thing. Set him back a little bit, yeah. Yeah, just let him, let him have all that time in the world to... Um, to learn get everything else and get an under... Like, look at how well um, Mahomes did not playing year one. Like, there is some value in these guys, um, especially when they're sitting behind a good or a better quarterback. Like, I'd probably say Alex Smith was a little bit better than when he was there. Like, they were still contending for playoffs with Alex Smith, whereas I don't see that happening with the, with the Dolphins. But just giving him the chance to, to really have that... Um, like, learn from watching someone else play and also just to get that season one under his belt and he'll come up refreshed and learn the offense and come out next year fully fit and healthy. It, it'll be very good for him. Yeah, I think that's a good call. He can kind of sit there, learn a few things. Like Fitzmagic's a pretty good role model in terms of knowing the game. Um, so he can kind of get used to it, get used to the speed, have a look at what's going on, try to read the def- defenses while the game's going. He can kind of just sit there and, and learn. So I think that's probably a bloody good call. Um, and I suppose also having him sit there probably just means that yours has never won a league. So. Yeah. There's a book I read a book on um on the exact premise of like playing a quarterback like that he the recommendation they do you know get him out there and play um year one it's more advantageous hey just to to get him on the field and learn 
And but I think there's a big difference in this situation that um, one, he's coming off a bit of you know a season of injury, and two, he's a left-handed quarterback playing with another right-handed. Like you know, he's the only one, so he's got a right-handed quarterback in front of him. Chopping and changing that offense week one isn't going to go out there and make it any easy. Like there's a big, I think it's a big thing to turn from um, a left-handed quarterback to a right-handed quarterback, and there's a reason why most teams have would stick with a right-handed quarterback. So. Mm. I think that's a big thing to think of for him as well. Like getting it right, it's a little bit more. You have to be in sync with him a bit differently. Be in sync with a right-handed quarterback. So there's just little things that I it's think. Not a bad point, actually. I think that it's just better. Like if they were to play him, they either needed to have him ready to go week one, which obviously injury-wise they're probably thinking, oh, it's not the best option. So then the next best thing for me is that he sits out the whole year. Um, and plays min- or plays minimum football and comes in at the end, um, or perhaps at least after maybe the bye week where they have two weeks to just drill their training down to to the, the offense to be a left-handed quarterback instead of just going, oh, we're going to change it this week because Fitzmagic got blown out last weekend and three rookie quarterback out week one. Um, Does that so- kind of uh, debunk your thoughts there? You was oh yeah, I've never won a league. <laughs> <laughs> Did I sound like him? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's I mean, good for me. <laughs> he's dropped out of this podcast more times than he's dropped out of the playoff. Oh, he's dropped out more times than Dino's dropped the football. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, this is... I mean, uh, he's, he's gone out how many times now? Five times? <laughs> oh, I think it's about that. Oh. Uh, good times. <laughs> what, is, he, is he back again? No, he's not. I think he's going to okay. give up. He's going to go get his internet. Uh, he's yeah. got to upgrade to ADSL from you know dial up. So <laughs> uh, good times. Anyways, um, yeah, we we spoke about James Robinson Jags starting RB for week one apparently, um, and then there was this AJ Dillon news that he's the RB three. I thought this was a good one to bring up with you, is but he's bitched it. So <laughs> I mean, obviously he's not as uh, I suppose progressive as what everyone thought, and he's sitting behind. I would assume it's Jamal Williams. Yeah, um, I think and, it's uh, Aaron Jones. Too. So I think it's a bit of an uptick for Aaron Jones here. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think I was. I didn't wasn't doubting Jones coming through. I think Dylan was a bit more than one of those running backs that had to had a specific role and probably had a bit of you know experience for me to learn in, especially in offense like um, the Packers. And so I think you know we you don't, don't often see the rookie running back come out and do great. Like the first year, Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones are there. They sort of really split it. Not one of them was. The lead dog, and I think they've probably also got a good combination of how to use them. Like Jamal Williams was never bad; like he's just probably playing behind um, a player. Aaron Jones is probably a little bit more explosive and mm. can do a little bit more, whereas Jamal Williams is very serviceable and you know one of those players that coaches would probably love. So I don't see it being that big of a thing to have him being the third guy in the room, and he'll probably be more like he's not going to play special teams, right? So he's going to be used more in probably situational pieces and I'm sure... It's imagine, him, imagine him getting a punt return though. Holy yeah. shit, get the so hell out the way. It's going to be hard for him not, not to use him on the goal line in some circumstances or at least put him out. Like teams will... They go mad if they put true, like Aaron Jones and um, <laughs> AJ Dillon on the field. They wouldn't know. But like They'd be like, well, they're going to go to Dillon, surely. It's a decoy. Who's the decoy there? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's put a bit of a mismatch out there. But... um. I think it, yeah, solidifies Aaron Jones's value and you mm. take away the fear that AJ Dillon was going to replace him week one, which mm. to me, I never had that uh, in there. I think it's more of like when he gets up to Aaron Jones, are they going to run Aaron Jones till he's probably 
at the end of his rookie contract and think, yeah, we've got a new guy and we're going to change. See you later, champ. Now we do, yeah. But um, yeah. So I think yeah, it'll Anyhow. be a good season this season for Aaron Jones. I think. Look, yeah. some, I don't. People talk about regression for him, but he had a lot of touchdowns, but probably yeah. might lose some touchdowns, but he'd still be a still solid. You know, yeah. top 10 running back. Yeah, I think come down to the touchdowns, um, maybe come down to the yards a little bit, depending on how they're... I, think I they mean, last year... The, wide last year, the pass the ball, too. Like, yeah, they're going to have to go to one of the backs out of the backfield. Like, yeah, and last year, I think the Packers were better than what they were, to be honest. I don't think they're going to win as many games this year, so they might actually have to throw their way back into it. And Maybe we see a bit more of Jamal Williams or Aaron Jones like, just catching passes. So, yeah, I think kind of... Yeah, I'm still expecting a bit of regression but probably not as much as what I was previously so coming back around to old A Jones just a sniff so anyways um, let's talk about the Survivor League because you know the fans are clamoring for it Um, I've had at least one message about it so that's absolutely clamoring Uh, a couple of people asking about the matchups for Survivor League so do you want to run us through this or do you want me to run through this I think it was interesting that uh, Chris's has left us because he was the one that was going to go through this, right? Like he had he'd yeah. gone week one with the. Um, so I think the matchups have been set as they are on sleeper. Um, yeah. So what we're having is for for immunity is going to be the tribe that gets the most uh, matchup wins between the two, and if it's if it's a tie, then it will come down to the. Um, what is what does he have here? The highest scoring tribe. The highest scoring tribe overall will win yeah. uh, immunity. So yeah, um, if you there's eight eight matchups. If it's four and four by the end of it, then we go to the highest scoring tribe as a whole um, of starters, of course, not of bench players as well. Um, and then that highest scorer in the league gets a reward. Yeah. So that's exciting. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll bring that up a little bit later though. So they they'll win reward and immunity. Um, and then what do we have for the um, losing well, I mean, tribe? Like the the winning tribe will win. Immunity, mm. and then on, then we when we move to the losing tribe, the mm. highest scorer um, on the, the losing, losing tribe. tribe will also win uh, individual immunity. I guess this is in there to protect uh, some kind of mutiny. Give, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> voting off the player with the best list. Uh, CMC week one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I mean, it'll yeah, be we... a, bit, a bit fun. It's just there to say, like, you know, give something else to fight for if you're on, on the losing tribe. So. Yeah, too right. You obviously want to score some points here. So that's the idea. So week one's matchup based. Uh, one versus one. One to uh, win the most matchups, wins immunity, and a bit of a sneaky reward in there for the highest score overall as well. So that's exciting. That's week one uh, kind of uh, in, the ba- in the bag, I guess. Were, so. were we announcing that, uh, that reward? On the uh, look, I'd have to run it by the other commish because I can't remember if it were, but... Um... <laughs> I just remember you saying that um, the survivors know the reward before the what the reward is before the challenge. They know what they're playing for, right? I mean, if you vote yes and I vote yes, that means we both just uh, have two yeses and one no. So we just tell oh, yeah. them. I vote. I vote yes. What 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 was it? Because I don't know what it is. It's changed on the spreadsheet. I'm not gonna lie to you. Oh, he got in and is he listening to us live? Maybe he's listening to us live. You know what? We'll get back to you on that one. We'll get back to you. We'll announce it at some stage. But yeah. I just want to make sure we actually have the uh, the the rule nutted out perfectly, so we don't stuff it up and someone all of a sudden has a complaint. So we'll let answer yeah. later. Yep, fair enough. Um, yeah. So anything else you want to talk about survival wise? Um, I'm just excited to see how it goes. I think oh, there was some. Earth, I'm heaps excited. There was some talk of like you know getting some. I, I would. I'd really like to have um the survivor post elimination interview. We just have a few mm. questions, or we'll get the the person maybe just to 
record the answers and we'll play it on the, the podcast every week so everyone can get a hear both, yeah I love it both people that get done uh, what they learn from Survivor oh, that's my favourite bit I think and I'm going to like it. and I guess there was talk of you know some probably live tribal councils and I think we, maybe we'll, we'll save that up for the, the juicy end of the season where you know the we're hardcore gonna, players are left and yeah. we're going to have everyone. to give it a trial run because we're only allowed four on our little podcast streaming app here so yeah we'll have to uh, find another I mean, way can, to do we, it yeah, a live one Facebook Live it. or something. Yeah, we maybe do it somewhere else. We can get it going. Um, yeah, right. It's going to be great fun. Yep, yeah, I'm all about it. Um, I'm, I know all, there's I'm a all few, for this. There's definitely some alliances out there, let me tell you. I, can, I just want to see... I want to see the look on someone's face when they get blinds. I want to see a blindside. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Someone might just all of a sudden pull an immunity idol or an advantage. Yeah. And oh, I just... Come on. I mean, it wouldn't be just be funny the first guy just... I hope the person that gets eliminated has the sheets because that just means that everyone wanted to plot, like was excited and going for it. But I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I'd be panicking going into it being like, oh, do I know enough? Am I confident enough in my alliance? Or is this alliance just telling me? Yeah. Shit, you can't look people in the eyes. Yeah, there's no say, body language to read here. Yeah. It's all just words. No, on man, the man, you're good. You're good. Just everyone just telling me he's good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Law starts this Thursday. Um, a few of these matchups might even be decided early on here with the Tyreek Hill or a Travis Kelsey or a Pat Mahomes so happy days let's get after it and uh, yeah that'll do us eh anything else you want to comment on speculate on um, no, I just thought like throw it out there I, I, sp- I spoke to Greg on the weekend at soccer and um, oh yeah he was like have I finally won a trade have I finally won a trade like, oh yeah there was a trade yeah. for Greg so, uh, Greg sorry that, that was um, I felt like saying yeah mate I think you have that was in Sheeps proud. 2 wasn't it yeah Sheeps 2 it was uh, Hakeem Butler oofed and who was the other player? Uh, yep. Just trying to find it now. All right. He, Greg traded Adrian Peterson. Yep. And Frank Gore. Frank Gore. And a second. And a second for a first. Hakeem Butler. And Jalen Samuels. Jalen Samuels. So Hakeem Butler gone. Adrian Peterson on a new team. Frank Gore's how, uh, 74. Adrian Peterson's 84. Actually, 64. He's probably younger, eh? So he gets a first for two running backs that are 50. Just give me a check. I'm just checking that um, Jalen Samuels wasn't cut. Yeah, it's a good point. No, he um, re- he's been activated from the reserve COVID list as of one month ago. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Just I mean, it looks, it looks good. I just... Um, I can't see any. says he's working as a hybrid option in the Steelers' backfield. So he hasn't been cut then. Well, three days ago. When was the cuts? Three days ago. Yeah, cool. And then he's good. Look, he's got a he's got a second for, I mean, a first, a first for Adrian Peterson and Frank Gore, and lost a second. So that, I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think it's fine. Um, yeah, no dramas there. Unless they're, Adrian they're probably Peterson not going to be playing next year. You yeah, would think I, anyway. I, I mean, Frank Gore is still going until his son comes in the league, right? <laughs> yeah. um, there was another one too, actually. Antonio Gibson was traded for a first. Woofed. I mean, you probably I mean, got Antonio Gibson in what the third or f- third or f- third, the third or fourth, um, and then you get a first back. So, do you think it's worth, or do you think it was worth holding on to him and seeing how he went for a couple of weeks? Oh, mate, I think, I think if you if I owned Gibson, I would take it for a first. Um, just take the value you get out of it. Like, um, but I think if you wanted to buy him, you're not gonna like no one's gonna give up pretend like him for anything less than it. A first, and if he goes well, you got to pay more mm. later. But it's probably a good value now. Like move on quickly. 
um, take your take your value gain and and do something else, like do whatever you want with it and be happy with that. And the other guy's like, well, I have to buy a running back. I'll buy this guy and hopefully it shoots off. It's probably, I mean, in, in two weeks' time, if he hadn't been great, no one's going to want to buy a running back that I don't think is going good for a, for a first. But this early on, I guess someone had, I guess, realistic price on him and was able to take take the benefit of that and selling him. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good move, cashing in on, on a late round rookie draft selection and getting a first for it. And I suppose it's still unproven, but you know, could be a good thing, could be a bad thing for him. So. I mean, that everything has risk involved, like whether sure, they're going right. to do it or not. And sometimes, at least if, you, if you're selling for the same price you paid it for, obviously it's a bit harder to well, make. Maybe I'll take the risk and see if he turns out. But if you're getting... A value where you're moving up from like probably you know late second or a third round to a, a first round pick um you're going to be happy with like either way if you lose and he still becomes really good you still got something and you, you're able to put yourself in a position to to gain and grow but like you can't hold yourself back because every player you draft could be the best player in the league right yeah exactly yeah i think it's uh it's an interesting one but um yeah that's that's all the trades that have gone through over the last couple of couple of wiki poos so happy days there you go always good some good to have some activity in the off season but uh, here we are we're going to be balls deep into it next time uh, we speak to you on a Tuesday we're thinking about getting a Thursday podcast out to um, yeah, this week we, so if we get it yeah we might be able to do some some matchups and yes. some players we really like going into to week one start sits or maybe yeah. even a money ball tournament kind of thing as well so yeah, things to think about um, but yeah two times a week coming in your ears so get ready for that a lot of CMOS's dad jokes coming at you and uh, hopefully you as a sort of daddy's dial-up internet by then. Yeah, so um, what's it, do your thing with the, the like, subscribe and all that. Oh, yeah, hit us up on Facebook, uh, Sheep Station Cup Dynasty Podcast, SS Championship on Instagram, at SS Championship on Twitter, question mark? I always forget the Twitter one. I guess Championship SS. Yeah, Championship SS, spot on. Uh, and then um, 55-star review as well would be yeah, just fantastic. Um, and, yeah, always a pleasure. Yeah. Good and, night, everyone. Yeah. Viewers has never won a league. Ciao. Yep, never won a league. <laughs>